the Public News Service Daily Newscast, February the 14th, 2024. I'm Mike Clifford. Across the country, and especially in rural parts of states like Missouri, Postal Service staffing shortages are being blamed by some for delays in mail delivery. Some postal carriers say the lack of staffing hampers the ability to split overloaded routes and is at the heart of the issue affecting prompt mail delivery. Rural mail carrier Bryce Shanklin says he understands that initially the workload can be daunting, even seven days a week and with low starting pay. But he doesn't understand why more people don't stay on and commit to a longer-term postal service career where the benefits are good. Perks are wonderful. I'd never have to worry about being laid off. The other benefits, all the federal holidays, ones like President's Day, most people don't get that off. And then your health benefits, I haven't seen better health insurance than what I have with the federal government. In 2020, the Postmaster General put a plan into effect known as Delivering for America to minimize employee turnover by converting more staff to career status. Since the plan was implemented, the number of conversions has grown to 125,000. But the American Postal Workers Union says the Postal Service is still shorthanded. Farah Siddiqui reporting. And fresh off the victory of passing $60 billion for Ukraine through the Senate with 70 votes, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer didn't waste any time pressuring House Speaker Buck Johnson to bring it up for a vote. At the same time, Schumer rejected Johnson's latest demand that the Senate accept tougher border reforms at the southern border. Next to North Carolina, where congregations are banding together to repurpose empty churches as community pillars to address issues like housing. According to the study, 20 years of congressional change, church attendance has declined with 70% of churches seeing fewer than 100 members at their services each week. Reverend Linda Ferguson, a senior pastor at First United Methodist Church in Ashboro, says this trend has affected churches in her area. Calvary United Methodist Church was a very vibrant church in our community here in Ashboro with many members and a great ministry for many years. And they found themselves in 2018 declining in membership and attendance and funding and other things. So the remaining parishioners joined another Methodist congregation in Ashboro and rather than leave behind behind an empty building, they opted to transform it into another type of resource to benefit the community. It is now Lydia's place, a temporary shelter for homeless women and families. Ferguson says in part the decision was driven by a lack of resources. With support from the Western North Carolina Conference of the United Methodist Church, the Duke Endowment, Wesley Community Development Corporation, and local partners, the former Fellowship Hall was renovated to provide 12 beds. Shantia Hudson reporting. This is Public News Service. Next to Los Angeles, where $1 million in grants are up for grabs for local groups to build or expand community parks, gardens, and green spaces. The Bezos Earth Fund awarded the grant to the nonprofit Green Latinos through its Greening America's Cities initiative. Green Latinos will now distribute the funds to local community groups who can apply starting February 27th. Jonathan Fajardo with Green Latinos says the idea is to fight environmental inequalities that perpetuate systemic health and economic injustice. We're mainly looking towards nonprofits, especially grassroots and frontline organizations, community-based smaller organizations that are addressing at a hyper-local level urban greening and food access. I'm Suzanne Potter. The Sustainable Cities Urban Greening Initiative is offering similar programs in Albuquerque and Chicago. And a Connecticut group wants to work with the General Assembly there on improving health equity. 
A 2023 health equity report from the nonprofit group Data Haven found disparities in care led to 14,000 deaths among Black residents between 2017 and 2022. While the pandemic worsened the fatalities, it highlighted people falling through the cracks of Connecticut's healthcare system. Aisha Clark with Health Equity Solutions describes a priority issue her organization will work with the General Assembly to improve. Our main one is to really address financial assistance, which really entails creating a universal application for hospitals to ensure that there is a common application across the state for those who are looking for financial assistance. She adds part of this will include oversight from the Connecticut Attorney General's office, a change that isn't designed to be punitive, but rather to ensure that reform actually happens. Other priority areas include affordability of health care and examining race, ethnicity, and language preference, known as REL data, to address disparities in care. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. Finally, our Mike Mullen lets us know in a new poll, North Dakota voters say they'd like to see big changes to the state's legacy fund, which operates as a savings account funded by oil tax revenue. In 2010, voters approved the creation of what's sometimes called the People's Fund. 30% of tax revenue from oil production in the state flows into the fund each month for long-term investments and general operations. North Dakota News Cooperative commissioned a poll and 68% of respondents said they want the money used for economic development within North Dakota rather than the current focus of out-of-state investments. WPA intelligence pollster Trevor Smith led the project and says the results are telling. There's not a lot of familiarity with what the legacy fund is. 55% are very unfamiliar. And then voters really want it to be transparent. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported. Here's on radio stations, big and small, your favorite podcast platform. And you can find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.